everyone, and welcome to the Home Birth Experience. I am joined here today with Lizzie Monroe and her husband, Josh. You all have heard Lizzie's story on the podcast and our poolside chat as well. Today, we wanted to talk to both of them and get a dad's perspective on both hospital birth and home birth and how he felt about home birth. A lot of my clients that interview me when they're considering having a home birth, they say part of the reason they're unsure is because their husband is scared to let them have a home birth. So we wanted to talk about that and give the audience a firsthand perspective from a dad. So we're going to jump right in. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Josh. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, Julia. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So let's start off, Lizzie. You had five babies. Yes. And your first was born in the hospital. And how was that experience? With my first baby, it was my first one wasn't too bad in the hospital. I was younger and I didn't I wasn't natural minded so much then, but I did have her naturally in the hospital, so um, I didn't have an epidural or get induced. So then I got pregnant with my second baby, and my son, he, um, the hospital experience was way worse. We lived in a different town at that time. We lived in South Georgia, where the hospital was just, just, it was like we were in back in time, like, it wasn't as advanced as the hospital I had my daughter in. And so that experience was the reason I started thinking and looking into home birth. So what made that birth so medical? Um, I didn't get induced with him either. I had him naturally, but he came out and the cord was wrapped around his neck and he was purple and they acted like I didn't even know what was going on because obviously I couldn't see that the cord was wrapped around his neck or that he was purple. So I was like, what's wrong with my baby? That's the first thing I said when I gave birth. What's wrong with my baby? And they laid him on my chest for one second and were like being dramatic, like rubbing him and patting him and doing all this stuff. And then they rushed him away into the incubator thing. And I was just, like, sitting there, like, what just happened? And I was just, it was just, didn't have to be like that. So, Josh, from your perspective as the dad in the room, what was going through your mind as all this is happening? Well, that was one of the scariest moments of my life when he came out and he was all blue. And they were freaking out, so I freaked out a little bit. And it was, it was scary. I just remember looking over at his face and that's what that's what scared me the most cuz like I couldn't see my baby and I just saw his face like get completely white and his he's like his eyes were wide and he like I I was I look at him I'm like what's wrong with my baby and he wasn't even like no one was telling me anything like they're like just letting me be, keep asking what's wrong with my baby and I that's 
I don't know. It was just, it didn't have to be that way. And Wow. That must have been traumatizing for both of you. Yeah, it was, like I said, one of the scariest moments of my life. But then you went on to have another baby. Yes. <laughs> so after that experience, I mean, there were other things, like the nurses with Jude, my second, they were, like, teaching me how to change a diaper and kept saying, you need rest. We're going to take him to the nursery. And I'm like, no, you're not. My husband's here. My mom was there with me. I mean, I was never alone in that room. Like, I, they just kept trying to get him to the nursery. I was the only patient in that hospital at the time, so it was like they were just flooding us with, you know. They weren't wanting the baby to stay in the room with us. They were wanting to take him out of the room. Every two hours on the money, they'd come in and wake everybody in the room up to try and make him eat. And he didn't want to eat. He'd fall right back to sleep, and I'd have to get up and go put him back in the crib. So not only for mom, but for dad, too, your experience at the hospital was disturbed by all of these unnecessary interventions and monitoring. Yeah, and it made everything a lot more anxious. So it also kind of took away your empowerment and your faith in yourself as a parent, right, or no? Well, I mean, it, I could see how it could have done that. I was just more like, this is my baby, because that's my personality. But they were trying to make me feel like, no, this isn't your baby until you leave this hospital. It's not your baby is kind of how I felt. And I was, I was, I think one of the nurses was like getting mad at me because I was like, I know how to change a diaper. This is my second kid, and I had, I'm the oldest of four kids. Like, I know how to change a diaper. Like, please don't even go there. And, I, I mean, I was very upfront. I mean, I that was my person. That's my personality, though, but I can see how that could be, like, to other people that don't know how to stand up for themselves in that situation. Could It could make them feel that way. How did you feel, Josh? Did you feel like you just wanted to get out of the hospital? You knew what you were doing? Like, come on, just let us go? Yeah, yeah, and they they tried to take control over everything in there, and not they didn't want us doing anything. They wanted to change the diapers. They wanted to take them out of the room for him to sleep. They they didn't want us doing any of it. Wow, that's so sad. Because really, as a healthcare provider, you should be educating, but then also learning from your patient, you know, observing what does my patient actually need help with and not bombarding them with information and, and trusting that they know best it's their child. Right. I mean, at one point, one of the nurses even was like, if you need formula, let me know. And I'm like, I'm clearly breastfeeding, and it wasn't going bad, nothing was wrong, but she literally asked me, if you need formula or anything, let me know. Oh, gosh. Here we go again <laughs> down that road of, you know, just taking away empowerment, putting mm -hmm. doubt, seeds of doubt in people's minds, especially moms, and that's just rotten in my opinion. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So then after we had our our son, I told him he was he was wanting another baby, but almost after that experience, I was like, I'm not doing this again. Like, I'm not doing this. But he was wanting another baby, and I said, okay, 
I started looking into home birth and all this kind of, he didn't know I was doing that at that time, but I was just researching it and I had looked into it. And so I said, okay, if you want another baby, I'm going to have a home birth. Oh boy. <laughs> Josh, how did uh, you react to that? Oh, at this point I thought, yeah, okay, whatever. When she gets pregnant, she'll change her mind. Oh, so you doubted that she would actually do it. <laughs> well, yeah, before she was pregnant. And then when she did get pregnant again and she told me that's what she was planning, I thought she was batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He was like, what are you thinking? That doesn't, that is, Jude was, he literally brought up Jude. He's like, Jude was purple and had the cord wrapped around his neck. And I was like, okay because I had done worse research and I had looked into this a lot and I said, but it didn't have to be that way. And you realize that purple and the cord around the neck isn't a true emergency. Right. And I will also say that you had unmedicated births, you didn't have complications during your pregnancy or your labor or your birth or postpartum. So there was no need for you to be in a setting like a hospital where the interventions are readily accessible. For some people, it's not safe to deliver at home because they have certain risk factors like epilepsy or, um, you know, the baby is has a congenital abnormality that needs to be dealt with immediately upon birth, things like that. So, you know, you are a healthy woman that has had two term pregnancies without complication. So, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Why not look into just doing it naturally at home? Exactly, and that's how I thought. I'm like, I mean, they caught my baby. They, I mean, essentially, in all the other little interventions, but I'm saying I didn't get induced. I didn't have any problems in pregnancy, exactly what you said. Like, I was like, it's silly for me to put myself back into that position and when I can just do it at my house and be in my own bed by, after I give birth. So, Josh, when you realized that she was serious about this, how did you process that? Were you going to try to fight her on it, or, like, what? I think I did fight her on it until we had our first visit with our midwife in Georgia. Um, talking with her... Put my mind at ease a little bit. My biggest concern was the what if. The what if something's wrong. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me when she was putting my mind at ease was even if you are in the hospital, if something goes wrong and she needs to be taken back for a C-section, the baby needs to go into ICU, whatever it is, they have to prep for that yet at the hospital. That's and right. with a midwife, with the proper contacts, you can make that phone call on your way to the hospital, and that prep time is just you driving to the hospital. And I you agree. really don't lose any time from figuring out that there's an emergency to being at the hospital and getting the emergency taken care of. I agree 100%. And a well-trained, skilled midwife will see something happening that could potentially be an emergency and call it before it's truly an emergency. Right. So, so after you met with the midwife, you got on board. 
you felt comfortable and you were like, all right, we're going to do this thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you can go that far. I, I don't know that I was 100% comfortable. Um, my mind was at ease on my biggest concerns. So I, I was going to let her have what she wanted and be happy. I think he's, like he said, I think he still was like, this is freaking crazy. But his mind was at ease, like his biggest concerns, and he knew this is what I really wanted. And he wasn't going to tell me no at that point. And now I wouldn't go back and change it at all. It's great experience. What a good husband you are to say, well, my wife wanted it, so I was going to let her do it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you appreciated that, Lizzie. Yeah. You're like, well, there wasn't going to be a choice anyway, so. Right. <laughs> so you venture down this road. You have prenatal care with a midwife. You then go into labor. And, Josh, what are you thinking when labor starts? You can say anything. Well, what was I thinking when labor started? Were you still nervous? Like uh, at that point, I don't even think I was thinking of the home birth. It was just tell the story. Her in labor, and well, with Maverick, I was out of town for work, so that would have been our first home birth. I got the phone call, and I spent five hours trying to get home. Oh, man. So at that point, I was concerned about missing the birth and if everything was going okay while I wasn't there. But then I got home, and an hour and a half later, I believe he was born. Wow, so you made it just in the nick of time. Yeah, I pretty much got there, and she started pushing not long after. Oh, my God. How was that drive home? That must have been like, oh, I would have been so anxious. Oh, extremely. Especially, <laughs> I had to get taxied back to Fitzgerald, where we lived, and then get in my car and drive home from there. Oh, my gosh. And I would have been just, oh. Yeah, 100 mile an hour down a dirt road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it. You made uh, it. I did. So, like, I guess you didn't probably have time to process, you know, or worry about anything since she was already in labor and then pushing, you know, shortly after you walk in the door. No, yeah, I, I didn't. Not on that one. I was, like I said, it took me five hours to get home from the time I found out that we were having a baby that night, so. Wow. So how did it go? Like, what's your, you know, thinking back on it, like, what were your thoughts? Like, I don't know, tell us. Were you just, like, amazed at your wife, at the process? Like, were oh. you just in awe, still in shock from having to drive five <laughs> hours or what? Uh, a little bit of both, but I, I was amazed. It was unreal, an unreal experience. You know, she had him on the floor of her bedroom, and he, he was fine, absolutely fine. And we got to lay in the bed and hold him and... We were right there at the house, anything we needed, and it was very comfortable. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember after that, he just laying in our bed after, and he's like, wow, this is so much better. I actually have a bed to lay in this time. <laughs> and it's our own bed at that. Yeah. 
I mean, he was very proud after that moment. Like, he was smiling from ear to ear, and he's like, you did it, babe, and, you know, giving me all the praise. Tell He was shouting from the rooftops about the home birth after Maverick. He was telling everyone, I'm like, all right, babe, like, you don't have to shout it from the rooftops because people are going to think we're weird, and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> so he thought I was weird, and then he didn't care if people thought we were weird after that. So if that tells you anything. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So I got to ask, did you cry? Yeah, I think I did. Love it. I love when I see my daddy's cry. I'm like, oh, this is so, so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> So then after Maverick, you got pregnant again. And at this point, Josh, did you just assume, okay, well, we're doing another home birth? Like, did you, because a lot of women, they say, you know, I had a home birth and I'm never going to do it any other way now. Like, did uh, you have that We had feeling? such a good experience that first time. Um, I knew that if she ever got pregnant again, we'd be having another home birth. We actually, go ahead. We actually were saying how we wanted to have another baby to have another home birth because that's how much we loved it. And well, and so that's one of the reasons it was just such an amazing experience. We're like, we want to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I remember you telling me that at one of my prenatal gatherings um, back last year sometime, you were saying, I know this may sound crazy, but I'm addicted to home birth. It's very true. I it's just I know it's always an amazing moment when you have a baby, but doing it in your own home and the experience you get with that, it just makes it so much more amazing. Like you're not sitting in the hospital like I just want to get home with my baby. I just want to get home with my baby. I just want to get home and it you're already at home. You already have all these good feelings and it's just you can relax and enjoy it. Yeah. Yes, you can. And that is always my goal as a midwife is to leave the family undisturbed and to let them have their space and their time and to enjoy the entire experience. So you did get pregnant again with Sway, right? Yeah. And no brainer, home birth. Did you still live in the same place? Did you have the same midwife? We still lived in the same house, but we we got a different midwife with her. Yeah. So, Josh, did you have any apprehension since you were switching care providers? Maybe a little at first uh, until we met with the second midwife that we had in Georgia. And she was very experienced, and I, I didn't have any issues with her, anything to complain about. She was very experienced and very professional. That's awesome. So were you involved at all in Lizzie's prenatal care? Did you go to appointments and stuff? As many as I could with my work schedule. If I was around, I went to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard when dad's out working. So you venture into the second home birth, and how did that go? Please don't tell me you had to drive five hours again. No, actually, when... She went into labor with Sway. I was laying under a Christmas tree asking her if it was straight. (laughs) And her water broke as she's standing 
there next to me looking at the tree to see if the tree's straight or not. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was home for that one. How long was that labor? So were you, obviously you weren't there for like all the hard labor of the first home birth, but you were there for this labor. So how was it seeing your wife in labor? Did you get nervous at all since you had more time to think about it this time? No, I wasn't nervous. I was maybe a little anxious and ready to meet my daughter, but. Was it hard to see your wife in pain, like dealing with those contractions? Yes, she does a very good job. Um, she handles pain very well. So for most of it, you don't even know she's in pain until it starts getting to the point where she's getting close to pushing. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I know all about that, which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any complications, anything arise with that birth? No. No complications on her. She's just came out and been a pleasure ever since. <laughs> she's a cutie. She is such an awesome little personality. And she's a daddy's girl. Oh, my. <laughs> I know. So, all right. Then you, I remember you telling me, Lizzie, when I met you, you guys were thinking this was your last baby, right? Or no? With Sway? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm she was like out of all my kids she was the hardest baby i would say and now that i look back it was just i was so spoiled with the first three but i was like i'm done i'm ready to focus on myself like i mean like my body you know get work out not be breastfeeding i was like four is enough i always just dreamed of having four kids so i had four kids so i'm done but Every step, milestone she went through, I was a mess. I was crying. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the last time. I mean, it was. Every milestone. <laughs> everything she did. This is the last time I'm ever going to see a baby do this. <laughs> and actually, at one point, my mom took Josh aside. I didn't know this at the time. I know it now. She took Josh aside and goes, just tell her if she wants another one, you guys can have another one. Even if you don't, right now you don't mean it because you just need to get her to stop doing this. Josh, you're laughing. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> See, you were just you were just trying to quiet her and, and not have so many outbursts, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love the honesty here. <laughs> but were you thinking, like, yeah, maybe I'll actually have a, a fifth kid or not. It crossed my mind. i am never been one to oppose it when she is pregnant. I'm, I'm always happy about it. But that at does. the time, I was just saying that to get her to calm down. <laughs> so, Lizzie... Did you obviously probably took that seriously? Did it calm you down? It did. It did. I was like, okay, but kind of, because in my mind I'm like, but I only, I always told myself I was only having four, so it was one of those things like, yeah, I know he's saying that, but do I want a fifth? 
Right. So I knew. So it did ease the point where I'm like, I I would when I got to those moments, then I would just be like, if I want another, I can have another. Like that's what I would tell myself. If if you get to the point where you really want another baby, Lizzie, you can have another one. So that's what, how I talked myself down out of that. Yeah. So. You had another one. Yes, we <laughs> You moved to Ohio, and you started looking. I don't know. Tell us the story. I don't know what your timeline was, like, from the time you moved to Ohio and then interviewed with me. and. Okay, so I moved to Ohio in um, March of 2018. And after we kind of got, like, established here, I started looking I just was like, I'm going to see what the midwives around here are like. So that's when I started um, looking at midwives. I wasn't even pregnant yet. I just was, let me see who I'd pick if I did get pregnant. Well, actually, at that time, you weren't even on, like, you you weren't in Cleveland yet. I didn't live here. You're right. So I never saw you. So I was like, okay, well, I have this option, this option, and this option. Well, then we started, like, actually trying towards the end of that year and so I started looking more and then I found out I was pregnant and I you came up first all of a sudden I'm like this midwife hasn't been here and I pulled up your website and I was like this is the one this is the one. And mind you, I had researched all the other ones, but like I pull your website up and I'm like, okay, this is it. <laughs> so um, I set up my consult with you and two other midwives. And so before we go into that, let me pause for a second. So Josh, you're, you know, telling Lizzie, oh, you can have another baby just to kind of like settle everything down emotionally. And then you're trying for another baby. So like, were you on board? Were you ready? What were, what were you thinking? At that point, I knew it was coming. <laughs> it, it was no longer uh, me just telling her for, to get her to, calm down and stop crying. Was, <laughs> you surrendered. Yeah, at that point it was, you're going to give me another baby. and. <laughs> <laughs> so you do contact me, and we have a consult, which is funny, a little backstory. Lizzie had some insecurity with her previous midwife, like not showing up to appointments and stuff. And then she schedules this consult with me and I don't put it in my calendar, which if it doesn't go in the calendar, it's not going to happen because I am so busy. And she texts me and says, are you still coming today? And I'm literally out at the store and I go, oh my God, I have a consult. So even after having like trust issues with her previous midwife, I drive right to her house. I mean, I think it was like an hour after we were supposed to meet, which is not okay and not professional, but it happens. And tell me how that went. Yeah, well, he had actually, with his job, he was going to be there for the time of our initial consult. Yeah, because you you said, like, the important thing for you both times with your other two home births was meeting the midwife. Right. And I didn't meet you until, I don't know, it was much later. Yeah, it was a while in. And you were okay with that? 
I trusted her decision. Um, she, at this point, we had been through it twice with two different midwives. You know, she had every capability of making that decision, and I trusted her decision. That's good. Good. So how'd the consult go? So she she comes, and he had he had to leave for work. Like, he said, babe, I can't wait another hour now. And I was like, that's fine, you know. So Julia got there, and I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I knew. I, I even told her, I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm uh, going to pick you before you even came here. <laughs> and, and, like, but... After her, I, I actually canceled a con another consult that I had set up because I was, like, so sure, and I just knew that this was the right fit for us. And then after, I called him, and I said, that's the one. And he's like, oh, you're not, what, what about your other consult? I said, I'm going to cancel it. And he was like, okay, babe. Like, if that's what, whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable with, I know you know what you're doing in this now. And he was like, that's fine with me. Well, I'm glad that it went that way because <laughs> I really enjoyed you being my client and now my friend. It's been an amazing journey with you. So, Josh, we meet, I don't know, it must have been probably like around 15 weeks or something, when she was 15 weeks pregnant. Did you get that feeling of like, okay, this is going to be good? Because you didn't ask me questions of the what ifs. At that point, I didn't have to. Um she had already made up her mind well before I met you that she was comfortable with you and wanted you to be our midwife. And anything, any questions that I had, she had asked you already and had relayed the information to me. So you just had to put up with me whether you liked me or not? <laughs> Pretty much at that point, yeah. <laughs> it's... I actually remember at that first one, you're like, so, Josh, do you have any questions for me? And he's like, not really. I don't know if you remember that, but I... I don't remember that specific detail. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm sure that it did happen. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> so we go through prenatal care. Oh, and you came to a childbirth class that I hosted, and you had never been to one before. What did you think of that? I think I kind of did it a little backwards. I had been through numerous births at that point and then went to a birthing class. <laughs> but I, I did learn some stuff. But. Which none of us got to apply because none of us were there. <laughs> no, no, didn't make it. <laughs> so this pregnancy, smooth sailing, and then we've heard Lizzie's story We've heard it from her perspective, so why don't we hear your perspective of Maverick, or not Maverick, Malachi's birth? Well, she called me that night. I was, I was working nights. She called me and told me, keep your phone on. It's probably going to happen tonight. At that point, I should have just dropped what I was doing and left, but I didn't. She said, don't leave yet, and I'm not going into labor yet, just it's probably going to be tonight. So I go on about my business at work, and 30 minutes later, I think it was, I get another phone call say, from her mom 
telling me, okay, you need to get here. <laughs> I, uh, the yeah. same phone call I got from, from Cassie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't even 30 minutes after she told me, don't leave yet, it's, nothing's going on right now, just, it's probably gonna be tonight, be on standby. So then I get a phone call saying, leave now, come. And it's 35 to 40 minute drive. Never imagined that I wasn't gonna make it. I, I mean, it took me five hours to get home for Maverick, our first home birth, and I made it there with an hour and a half to spare. I never imagined 40 minutes go, and it wasn't even 40 minutes. I was booking it coming here. <laughs> and I pull in the driveway to be greeted by my older two sons yelling, the baby's here, it's a boy. I saw my sister-in-law's car here and thought she put him up to it and told him to quit messing around and go in the house. And they kept on about, no, really, the baby's here, it's a boy. So you're standing out here in the driveway like in disbelief that the, like they're, they're uh, trying to pull my leg. Yep. I did not believe him until I walk in the door and I'm at the bottom of the steps and my sister-in-law is standing up there. No, the baby's really here. <laughs> <laughs> Get up here. So. Oh my gosh, what did you think when you walked into that scene? It was something else. <laughs> so I walk into my bathroom and Lizzie's squatting in the tub holding the baby. There is blood from wall to wall. <laughs> and she's just squatting in the tub, happy as can be. And, but there's blood from wall to wall across the bathroom floor. And, and there's no water in the tub, right? No, no water in the tub. <laughs> and there's a toilet seat laying right in the middle of the bathroom floor. <laughs> no idea how it got there. I, I still don't know how it got there. But <laughs> that was one of your first questions. Well, after you looked at the baby, you're like, "So, can I ask why the toilet seat's in the middle of the bathroom?" Yeah. <laughs> that threw me off a little bit. But I, I just, when I walked in and saw him and her standing there, both happy, both healthy, and very happy. And the blood wall to wall didn't freak you out. No, uh, no, no. I, no, I ended up. Um, well, it turned out it wasn't really that much blood. It was just the all the fluid and everything that came out with it and that tile flooring, it just washes across there pretty good. But That's what I always tell people. It looks like a lot more blood than it actually is, but family members tend to get a little bit anxious about it, which well, I understand. The other two were in our bedroom, on pads, on carpet, not in the bathroom where it's a hard floor and, and the just toilet seats flying across the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Had to replace that the next day. I remember when I walked in and I stepped on the floor, I was like, I'm literally wading in amniotic fluid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was so much fluid, it was insane. I think another thing is, is why he wasn't seeing the blood is like that moment when he walked in, it was just like, it was me, him and the baby 
like you could just see it in his eyes. Like he wasn't really looking around until after that moment. Like I can still see it. It's like a, one of those memories that stick with you. Like I'm sitting there squatting so happy holding my baby and he just walks in and we like locked eyes and it was just like, that's all that was there. So I think that might be another reason the scene wasn't as freaked out. He wasn't freaked out at all by it because he just saw when we locked eyes, I was fine and you can see the baby crying and moving around and he's fine. So I think that was why. That moment when you lock eyes, it's just miraculous. You know, you're witnessing God's miracle right in front of you. And I'm sure that you were also shocked that your baby was actually there, you know? Yeah. Oh, I was. I I never imagined that I was going to, 40 minutes goes by and I was going to miss the birth. And it was, well, like you said, it was a miraculous moment walking in and seeing her and the baby. Yeah, I mean, there's no other word to describe it. It's miraculous. And then, you know, you mentioned the blood, and Lizzie, your mom, of course, being a mom, is seeing blood and going, oh, my gosh, I don't want anything to happen to my daughter. And since she also caught Malachi, I'm sure that she, you know, intuitively felt some sense of responsibility to keep you and Malachi safe since I was still on the road. And at this point, I'm on the phone. And I hear her saying, Julia, there's too much blood. I don't like how much blood there is. I don't like that there's too much blood. And I said, okay, is, has the placenta been delivered? She said, no. So I said, okay. I explained to her how to do fundal massage and to help deliver the placenta. And so her mom did that, and they delivered the placenta. I said, okay, now cut off a piece um, that's like a silver dollar size and put it in Lizzie's cheek. So, Josh, I'll let you tell how that went, because I, again, wasn't here. Well, after you said that, you were on speaker at this point. We could all hear what you were saying and what to do. The closest thing I had to cut something was my pocket knife. So <laughs> after she delivered the placenta, I reached my pocket and grabbed my knife and <laughs> cut her off a piece of the placenta and handed it to her. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. And Josh and my mom were like, yes, you are. Julia said to do it. And I'm like, I'm not. And Josh was like, babe, just do it. It's fine. <laughs> well, because at this point, I'm assuming that she's not hemorrhaging, given her history. But not being there, I can't estimate blood loss at this point. And the best remedy for a hemorrhage if you have the placenta delivered is a piece of the placenta because it's your own hormones that have been created by you. It's full of oxytocin and they use Pitocin in the hospital to stop a hemorrhage. So why not use your own oxytocin that you created and assimilates easier with your own body chemistry? So, so you did the right thing. I don't, once I got here and I saw the amount of blood loss, it was definitely not a hemorrhage, but it certainly does no harm to do the preventative measures. So I know you don't want to do it, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, thank you. And dads, always have a pocket knife, just in case. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I will say, the blood that was coming, it as soon as I put it in my cheek, it was like nothing else was dripping out of me anymore. It was, it was like amazing. My mom was like, oh my gosh. Like it was an instant. It was, nothing else was dripping out of me. And yep. I've seen it so many times. It's literally like turning off a faucet. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So 
Josh, you cut off a piece of placenta. You've hunted, right? So this was no big deal to you? Or was it a big deal because it was your wife's organ? No, I didn't think of it that way. It was, <laughs> it was something I had dub there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to business and did what you had to do. So overall, how was your experience with me being your midwife? Your wife's midwife, I guess I should say. Good. Good. Um, as far as the birth goes, this is the easiest one I've done. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> yeah, I think they are a little bit easier for the men. I'm not going to say, you know, the men don't go through, you know, some work as well to help their, their wife through labor, but, you know. Uh, this one I got here, I think it was only two minutes after he was born. I was driving through our little town here when he was born and a minute or two away. Yeah, I think I showed up 12 minutes after, or was it less than that? It was less than that. It was like, it might have been 12. I just remember that I got here at one twelve. He was born at one o three. Okay. So <laughs> how I remember I got here at one twelve. I amazing. remember that too, though. It's something that because they 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 just kept saying Julia's ETA is one twelve, one twelve. I mean, they kept saying that to me, like even before I had him, because I was like, Julia needs to get here now, and my sister Aubrey's like, her ETA is one twelve, and you know they just kept telling me that. That's how they were like getting me through, like wanting you there. Yeah, so that must be why I remember, because I must have been telling everybody a million times, it's 112, because I, I can remember looking at my GPS thinking, I hope the numbers go down. I hope I'm going to get there faster, you know? But anyway, so, so back to this topic kind of being about dads and their insecurities and their fears around home birth and, you know, oh my God, you know, my first baby, the cords around the neck. Cause I've heard this a million times, to be honest with you. I've heard dad say like, I mean, that was, that was so scary and there's no way I would do it. Why would I do it at home? The cord was around the neck or whatever the complication was that, well, I should rephrase that, not complication, whatever the situation was, they felt terrified by it. And so, you know, their wife wants to have a home birth a second time. They're like, no way. Absolutely not. And even more so, I think first time dads are saying no, because what if, what if, what if, what if? So what can you tell the dads out there listening? Like, how do they navigate that? How can, is there any reassurance you can give them or any words of wisdom that you could say, you know, about those fears that they have? Because you said you had the same fears. Well, I think the time that we live in right now, a lot of serious things that can go on with the birth, they can detect before you ever go into labor, before you ever make it to that stage, and you'll know if you have to be in the hospital at that point. Um, so other, other than that, like I said, the, even when you're in the hospital, when you're in that labor and delivery room, it's... If anything happens, you have to be transferred to another room. They have to prep that other room. The doctors, nurses, they all have to prep. By the time they're done doing all that, you can be at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And 
I think also just to normalize, like, that fear is okay. I mean, you expressed, you felt that. You know, you weren't sure how it was going to go. You trusted your wife. You knew she was going to do a home birth, whether you liked it or not. But but just to let the, the men out there know, like, yeah, dude, I felt scared, but it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, especially with the first one. It was... I was nervous about it. And there's always that what if in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. When, but in reality, even when our oldest son was born and had the cord wrapped around his neck, all they did was unwrap it and rub his chest a couple times and <laughs> it was over with. That, that was it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, it's normal. It's normal to have fear, especially because. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this situation's totally out of your control. No matter where you are, home or hospital, like, as the dad of the baby being born, like, you literally have no control. I agree with that. There's yeah. Nothing I could do about it. Right, and one I, way or the other. It's what, and especially in the hospital. I've, when you're at home, I think you have more control, more ability to make a decision on what you want to do. Hundred percent. In the hospital, they're going to tell you what what they want you to do. Hundred percent. I agree. So, if you had to do it over, would you have done the first one at home too? Did you like it that much? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming well, you well, did. Well, <laughs> well yeah, because we keep doing it. <laughs> um, you know, lo- looking back. It, I'd like to say yes. Now, our experiences in the hospital, I think, gave us a big push towards home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've enjoyed all the home births that we've had, and I absolutely would recommend it. That's awesome. And I know that you will probably do it again because shortly after Malachi was born, I don't think it had even been a full hour, and somebody... I think somebody, one of the kids, started bouncing on the birth ball, and you look at the birth ball, and you say, nope, kids, put that away. We'll get that out when we have the next one. And my (laughs) jaw (laughs) dropped. Eh, Who knows? She might already be pregnant, and I just don't know it yet. (laughs) I thought... Oh, that is not a good comment for a dad to make after his wife just has a baby. <laughs> but you seem to be like, oh, good, all right, yay. I did See, too. I learned my lesson after the one, after the last one that I need to just go ahead and throw that out there so she doesn't <laughs> get upset when he starts eating. And oh, it's the first time. Or the last time I'm going to see him eat for the first time. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Now, babe, now when I share this podcast, all our family's going to be like, what, Lizzie's going to get pregnant again? <laughs> I don't think uh, that's a secret, Lizzie. hate to tell you. <laughs> I don't think we could surprise anybody at this point. Mm-mm. No, I agree with that. So, Josh, before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Anything you want to say to the dads out there, or even the moms? Not really anything I can think of. So, 
maybe just do it. Go for it. Don't be scared. Yeah. Don't be scared of it. it everything's going to work out the way that it's supposed to. Awesome. Lizzie, anything else you want to add? Yeah, if you're a dad out there and you're on the fence, just do it. Do the home birth. Don't be scared. And I hope this made you see that you can completely change from that scared dad to a dad that wouldn't have it any other way now. Amen. And I'll add to that. Dads, don't be afraid to just have the interview with a midwife. You know, if your wife is exploring that option and it terrifies you, just at least have the interview with a midwife. Just at least ask your what if questions so that you can make a well-informed decision, you know? I agree with that. That, that made up my mind hearing what the midwife had to say about all my concerns and my questions. You'll learn a lot from that first interview. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate both of you taking the time to record this podcast with me, and I'm sure the listeners are thankful and will enjoy it. We are recording live from Lizzie and Josh's front porch. I'm sure you hear the beautiful birds in the background, and I think we're going to go back to the pool for a little pool time today. Thanks, guys, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Julia, for having us. Thank you for having us. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Stay tuned for the next episode. Have a good week, y'all.